What's up guys, my name is Devin, I'm from Mozilla Companies, and today we're going to focus on the different things that people can do to prepare for a third-party inspection. So we'll start with Brian Holmgren. You want to kind of tell the people what you do, why you do it? Uh, I am a regional rigging inspection manager for Mozilla. I've been doing this 20 years. Um, I do it because I like to keep people safe. So we perform safety inspections uh, per ASME and OSHA requirements, and that's what I enjoy. Cool. And then the mighty Justin Motes. I'm Justin Motes, uh, I'm an inspection coordinator, reading coordinator, and uh, we set up all your inspections everywhere from quoting to actually setting up the inspection until you get the report. And so today we're really going to focus on the different things that people can do to prepare for a third party inspection. So what I want to do to start is kind of talk about why, why would people want a third party to come in and inspect their gear? Why wouldn't they just have like their safety person do it or somebody else that's internal just do it? Why would they want some third party to come in and do the inspection? The, the problem with having your own people do it is that there's always that friendship, the relationships, there's always, you know, hey, you know, I'm only using this sling for 100 pounds, can you keep it in service, you know, don't worry about the cuts. There's just too many relationships involved. So when you get a third party in there, you, you get the facts. You, you know, we come in, we do a clean professional service, um, and we deliver the results. You know, we're not biased. We don't. We're not. We don't have an agenda. We're not salesmen. Um, you know, you get the facts. And so with you, you're you're the rigging inspection coordinator. Yep. So for you, when you're, do you typically talk to people up before they actually book their rigging inspection? Yeah. So usually we contact them between email or phone call, whatever it is for them. Everything from when we start the quote to after the inspection is over, you know, we keep in constant contact with them. So then when you're talking to the people that maybe get their first, you know, it's the first time they're having a third party come in and do their inspection. What kind of, do you usually get pushback or is it more informational? Like what kind of things do you guys discuss when you're getting ready to set that up? I uh, usually discuss about like, what they want inspected. You know, it could be anything from fault protection to rigging hardware to lifters to slings. Basically what they need, what they want, what we can do for them. So then, I mean, going into that, going a little bit forward, uh, we're going to talk about, there's essentially four things that you, as the person who might be looking for a third party representative to do that for you, there are essentially four things that you can do to better prepare yourself, and we're just going to kind of attack the list and have you guys kind of discuss why that's important, what they can do and not do, and kind of go into that. So to kick it off, um, so the first thing that you can do is decide whether or not you're looking for just an inspection that satisfies OSHA and ASME requirements, and that kind of suggests, are there other different governing body agencies or different standards that people get inspected to outside of OSHA and ASME? So there's MSHA and there's ANSI and there's other regulations, you know, surrounding coal mines and shipyards and um, so yeah, there is other standards and then there are companies that have parent companies outside the U.S. that inspect to even entirely different standards. They still have to meet the U.S. standards, but sometimes they're above and beyond those standards as well. So then do companies typically know all the standards that they have to adhere to? Or like what if, you know, what if there's a new guy, he just got promoted and he's in this new safety role. If that person just does not know exactly what they need to be inspected to, how, how do you help them figure out all the standards that they need to be inspected on? Or is that on them? Uh, it's pretty much on them. Uh, if they want something special, we can look into it and see what they need. But usually it's standards, uh, OSHA, ANSI, and um, ASME. Those are like the two main ones, yeah. OSHA and ASME are the two same. All right. Yep. And so the second thing, um, it's how does a prior inspection record help inspectors speed up the process of the inspection? So like we'll just start with what is a prior inspection record? It sounds kind of straightforward. Uh, as far as the inspection level, you mean? 
Yeah, I mean, I think this okay. is just suggesting, you know, if somebody had a previous inspection, having that record available. I mean, it's going to help with finding items. Um, you know, the customer's always responsible for pulling those items out and making them available to the inspector, but it will help with locations, um, finding things that you might not normally find on an inspection. Um, it helps with, you know, properly pricing an inspection. So, like, how, I mean, how off-base can you be? Like, so say you don't have a prior inspection report or record, if you're just trying to guess how much stuff is in your warehouse, I mean, how, how close can you be to just to eyeball? Like, I think I have 20 slings. I might have more, but I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the customer just doesn't really know what they have. You know, it's, it's easy to walk by something every day and never really pay attention to it. So it could be anywhere you think you have 20 slings that it could actually turn out to be about 100, you know, so. And so how does that affect like the like the price of an inspection? So if I if I go in and you tell me that you have 20, but then I'm looking at, you know, 150, how does that affect, you know, the price of that inspection? Uh, we'd have to probably go back and reprice the quote, you know, because we basically reprice the, the quotes on what you have, the amount of time that our inspector will be there on site. You know, so if you have 20, it could take, you know, an hour. If you have, you go there for an hour, but yet there's 100, it could take you a whole day. Mm -hmm. So if you only quote for a certain amount of time and you're there four times that amount, to adjust the price. So does that happen like on the spot? If, if you get there and they say 20, but then you're looking at 150, do you have to leave and requote and then come back or can no, you just facilitate? We'll, we'll usually just stay through and uh, complete the inspection, but we're usually pretty forgiving too. If this is a customer that, um, you know, it's a new customer, but maybe we're, they're doing business with our company elsewhere as well, we're pretty forgiving and we'll just let them know that, hey, you know, next year there is going to be a cost you know, an increased cost mm -hmm. or whatever it is, if it's monthly, annually. Mm -hmm. So that makes we're sense. pretty forgiving. Sometimes if it's just an extra hour or two, we just do it, no extra charge and uh, just change the rate for next year. I mean, because the like, education, like the partnership of this seems to be like a pretty big part of it because it's, I mean, you're, you're just happy that they're willing to actually get their gear inspected. So if they're a little bit off, I mean, it's not like they're doing it on purpose. They just, they might be new to it. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So then... If people don't have prior inspection reports, I mean, what do you, what do you, what can they do to kind of help figure it out? Do they just kind of do like a shop tour and just start pulling slings and counting or what kind of things can they do? To no, well, we can do a site visit. Um, the other thing is, is yeah, literally uh, they can go around each area and just have all their area supervisors just, you know, give a general count. So we're not looking for exact numbers. It's, you know, whether there's a hundred or 500, there's a big difference. So usually they'll get supervisors involved and just do a general count of what's in their areas and they can usually gather their information honestly in a few hours. Oh, it's pretty quick, but otherwise we can do site visits as well if we have somebody near the area, but you know, if they're three, four hours away from any of our salespeople or any of us, it makes it a little more difficult. So asking all the right questions. Yeah. So is that why this is such a big important conversation? Because especially if you're if you have a guy that's traveling or even if they're flying. I mean, obviously you want them to be as prepared as possible before you yep. get there. Yeah, cool. So what type of special information will inspectors need to know before they come on to a job site? Uh, and this, we were kind of looking at, there's, I guess sometimes people require that you go through a safety training before you're even allowed in the facility. Um, what other type of things like that do people typically need to know ahead of time? Uh, well, besides training, sometimes uh, PBE, they need, you know, if they require something special that our inspectors don't already have, uh, if they need a uh, special drug test, if they need to be drug tested for them, you know, that's something they that would have to set up prior. You know, usually it's hard to do that for, you know, same day. Um, 
can't think of anything else. Now, like, what about, like, environmental, like, hazards and stuff like that? Is there any kind of, like, specialty equipment that people have to wear if they're working, like, in a steel mill or a paper mill where there's something just very, like, hot and chemical-related? Yeah, and it kind of goes back to the PPE. You know, some of the steel mills require a dust mask, um, some of the foundries and stuff like that, but they make it clear ahead of time of what's required. Um, and then they make it clear of what their expectations are, of what rigging they want inspected, and... Um, where we're going to go and uh, if we're going to have a guide or not or you know all that stuff so um, there's a few conversations that take place at the site which is how to handle any equipment that may be removed from service mm -hmm. so that's usually something that handles they handle on site but um, that can happen ahead of time too so then well twofold first so if there is specialty equipment that you guys don't have is it common for the place that you're going to to inspect to provide that to you? Or is it something that you just need to know so you can buy it and then bring it? Uh, we don't bring any replacements on our inspections. Okay. So um, that's something that customers have requested and we can do, but usually uh, the customers don't want to replace the stuff they don't know if they need yet. Mm -hmm. So they'll usually wait till the inspection is completed and then go through and contact our sales and you know quote from there. We bring repairs back on the spot. Will you remove damaged gear like on the on the spot? Like if you see like a chain that's jacked up or a hook that's you know bent or whatever, will you remove that from service for them or just tell them you know hey you need to tag this out? Yeah. So what we do is we'll, we'll place a danger tag on it and then we'll talk with the customer if they want to repair it. We can bring it back here, you know, and they can get a quote for repair or figure out if they want to buy it brand new or not. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, nylons and stuff like that are pretty much disposable. And that's up to the customer. You know, if they want to cut it up, throw it away, or if they want, we can take it with us. Cool. That actually reminds me, um, isn't there like a bin replacement program? I think Tom was telling me about that. How, how does that work? What does that exactly entail? And does that kind of work in tandem with these third-party inspections? Uh, they don't have a lot to do with us, but so there's a bin program. They, they take any sling that they think, you know, has a problem with it, cuts abrasion, heat damage, anything like that, and they put it in the bin. Mm -hmm. The bin comes to Mozilla for internal inspection. 99% um, of the time it's usually scrap or repair, but so they, they send the stuff back in here. Uh, we don't look at that on the periodic inspection. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes somebody might ask us to go through the bin, but usually that's that bin's coming in here monthly or whatever frequency they've chosen. So. so that the bin program is just a separate program from your actual inspection? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Cool. Um, any other thoughts about the things that people can do before you guys get on site with your rigging inspectors just to, to help that process or speed it up? Just prepare and have everything out. That, that's, that's the biggest challenge is uh, uh, going through a facility and getting 98% of their slings and they're wondering where the other 2% are. Well, it's up to their people to pull that equipment out and make it available. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, contacts are always good, you know, because sometimes you can have a safety contact. He might not be there. Maybe give us other contacts to reach out to, point us in the right direction. So if there's like a safety individual and they end up, you know, moving on or they're no longer with the company or they retire or whatever, is it common that you show up and you work with a guy that you've never met before? Yeah. So then for that, I mean, is that where those previous inspection records really come into play? Because I mean, that person might not even know it's there. Yes. Yeah, that helps a lot. Some for us to reference from the year before. Yeah, and so are you guys cool with people calling you and just asking you for like information or if they're not sure about the their rigging inspection program, like can they just reach out to you guys for guidance? Absolutely. 
Cool, perfect. Yeah, and so to wrap this up and bring this home, if you guys ever need anything, if you have any questions, or if there's stuff that you're just not 100% crystal on, I mean, that is what these guys do. That's why I brought them in to make this video. I mean, these are the rigging inspection guys. So if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if there's something that you're struggling with, don't hesitate to reach out, contact us. Um, I'll put a link at the top of this video. Reach out, anything that you need, any help that you could use, I mean, that's what we're here for. So my name is Devin. Uh, Justin, thank you for your time. Brian, I really appreciate it. And if you need anything, let us know.